Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Thank y'all for being here this morning. Thank you for braving Snowpocalypse 2021. Uh, and, and for those of you who are joining us from church at home, we're grateful for you being a part of this morning. We don't want you to feel like a fly on the wall or a fly on your couch, but to be engaged with us this morning and to be here. And so we're grateful to be all together. So thank y'all so much for being here this morning. So, uh, if I, and, and online, if I haven't met you, I think I've met everyone in this room. My name is Jake Toman. I serve as the lead pastor here at The Vessel. And so if you're new and you're engaging online or you're really just lurking, it's okay. You can say hello. We would love to know that you're there. And uh, if you want to remain anonymous, you definitely can. But thank you for being a part, and I just want to introduce myself to you. So we've been talking. We have been talking. We started talking last week. Uh, as we've come into the new year, kind of this vision for the year, um, and not just vision for the year, but vision for our church as well. And so last week we talked about Habakkuk and why vision biblically is so important and so significant. And so we just wanted to set the table for what we're going to be talking about over the course of the next six weeks, beginning this Sunday. And so at the end of our message last week, we kind of introduced this vision for our church and vision for the vessel, which is this, is that we are called to, as, as vessels, we're called to pursue inward relationships with one another, upward relationship with God, and outward relationship with the world. And so uh, I, I kind of overused the whole ship, boat analogy last week, but we won't let it die. So if, this, if we think about ourselves as being a literal vessel, obviously individual vessels, but this idea of a ship and, and that, that being who we are, and we, our mission is that we are called to be vessels of the living Christ set apart for his purpose and his kingdom. That is who we are. And the truth is, is that is not exclusive to people of the vessel and people that call this their church home. That is the call on every Christ follower. That's a biblical calling that we have to be vessels of the Lord. And so uh, we've talked about that from day one and what that means and why we are Vessel Collective Church and why that's our, our, our mission and who we are. And so um, we talked, all, we've also talked a lot about our core values. We have four core values here, which are what? Unity, there's one. Authenticity, there's two. Humility, generosity. Gary Gall gets a gold star for getting two of them. Those four core values. And so... There are lots of values that are really important, a lot of things that we value, but those four, uh, in a lot of ways, are kind of our guardrails and our barriers, and if we're using the ship analogy, are kind of our coordinates for the direction that we're going, is that we don't move off that course, is that those things are we're not willing to sacrifice on, we're not uh, willing to move off of, and we hold those in a really high regard. And so as we come into 2021, for the first time, we're introducing this idea of our vision, and if, if, back to our analogy, this, so to speak, is the wind in our sails. This was what moves us forward. Every one of these things in this vision are things that you should be able to do and engage with. So if you don't know, like, what do I do? I've come to church, I've heard this, and I feel like God is calling me into something or, or out to something or to move forward. All of these things you can move forward in. You can move forward in inward relationship with one another, upward relationship with God, an outward relationship in the world. This cord is driving me crazy. There we go, fixed it. So 
we're going to take the next six weeks and talk about each one of those. Uh, we're going to spend weeks on each one of those. So today we are specifically talking about uh, the call to inward relationships with one another. So a really talented person made this awesome graphic. It wasn't me. Don't worry about this kind of this idea of arrows inward towards one another and this idea that we are called towards inward relationship with one another. And that is what we're going to be talking about, uh, introducing kind of today and talking again about next week is what does that mean and what does that look like? And so the language of this is very specific, is very specific and very intentional. And this idea of inward relationship with one another is significant, especially this idea of one another. If you know from Scripture, this phrase, which in, in the original text is one single, single word, is what does it mean, this idea of one another? Is that Scripture in the New Testament introduces this word, and Jesus introduces this word. What is the word? I have it here. Alelon. Alelon. And it's a word that over 100 times in the New Testament alone, it introduces this word of one another. Every single time that is mentioned in Scripture, it is talking about the body of Christ, about Christ followers, about one another, about us. It's not talking about two birds gathered with one another on a branch or anything like that. It says scripturally that we are called to love one another and towards relationship with one another. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. So during, uh, as we've gone through the holiday season and, and we've spent a lot more time at home probably this year than in years past without traveling because of COVID stuff and potentially because of snow. Um, if you are like our house, my wife particularly loves games. She loves to play games. She likes board games. She likes card games. Uh, and so we do play a lot of games at our house. And if you've ever played a game at our house with Shay and I, you know that she and I can get a bit competitive. I claim to not be competitive, and she is not in the room right now, but I'll admit to y'all, but never to her. I'm, I can be a competitive person. But every time we play games, I'm like, oh, I'm not competitive. And so we play a lot of games in our house. And so um, if it's just she and I, we play speed or we play um, uh, gin rummy. And, and we can go back and forth. But the truth is, is she's better at cards than me. She can whip, like, we play this game, Nerds. Have you ever played Nerds? Yes, okay. There's other names for it, but Sunday, Sunday morning name is Nerds. And so you, you like lay these cards down in order and you're playing on the table and it gets so, I'm terrible at it. It's so fast. And so we'll play with Shay and her mom and uh, we had some friends over and uh, they like to laugh about Shay's mom. She whips those cards out so fast. It's like, fuck, 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 fuck. I mean, she gets them on the table faster than you can even think. And it starts happening so fast that you can't even, you can't even follow along in the game. And so we play a lot of games. So I have a deck of cards today, and this is going to be kind of our visual this morning, this idea to kind of think about one another, and it's going to be the way that you in the room engage. If you're online, I cannot give you a card through the internet. Maybe one day, right? 5G, card through the internet, who knows? So, uh, but think about a deck of cards. And a deck of cards, we were playing this game of nerds, and Shay realized that she was playing with an incomplete deck. And she was losing, and she wasn't doing good, but she doesn't typically lose this game. And she realized that she was playing with an incomplete deck. And the idea is that if a deck of cards doesn't have every card represented in it, then it's, it's an incomplete deck, and it can't play together. And so this idea is that every one of these cards represents us. I mean, we have about 52 people in our church. No, we have more than that. Uh, but so I need a volunteer to come on up here who can shuffle and deal cards well. 
Jacob, did I see a hand raise? Anyone? A volunteer? Faith, come on up, Faith. I'll give it up for Faith. All right, come on up here, Faith Hawthorne. You can come right over here on this side of the table. Do you use your family play cards? Yeah, and games. What games do y'all like? Poker. Wow. I'm a Christian, so we don't play poker in my house. I'm just kidding. I love poker. Yeah, she says we don't play with money. Mm-hmm, sure you don't. All right, go ahead and shuffle them up. All right, so you play a lot of cards. Is that a complete deck of cards? It looks like it. There are some cards missing, admittedly, and they're at home, but shuffle them up. Okay, so what Faith is gonna do is she's gonna come around the room here at church on Sunday, and she's gonna, she's gonna pass out cards to everyone. So Faith, you need to give everyone one card, and you need to pass them all out. So um, because of our snowpocalypse, we probably, some people will have two cards. So if you don't mind, just walk around and deal cards out to everyone. Get everyone one. And then just go around again and give them another. If, make sure everyone has at least one and that they're all passed out. So Faith is gonna give you a card. And so as she gives you a card, and I know church at home, you can't see what's on these cards and you will not receive one. But every card that I'm passing out has a statement. And it's a one another statement that's in the New Testament. And so you see, like I said, we see this thing pop up again and again through the New Testament. That we're called into relationship and to love one another. And so you're going to get a card, and that's one point I'm going to ask you about your card. So you need to be ready with your card to engage, uh, or your cards, plural, to engage. And every one of them has a statement. Uh, Logan, did you get a card? What does your card say? It says more than one another. It says there's a verb. Look carefully. Exhort one another. Thank you. You got to look carefully. I wrote on these cards with a Sharpie. Exhort one another. So uh, that's exactly what you're looking for. Okay, so... I'm going to read some scripture out of uh, John chapter 13, where Jesus introduces to his disciples this idea of being called to love one another. And so if you would, um, read along with me in John 13. If you have your own scripture, we'll have it up here on, on the screen as well. So in John 13, I'll set it up and give you a little bit of context of what is happening. This is on the eve of his crucifixion. He's just had uh, the Last Supper with the disciples that we all commonly know, and that's depicted in paintings. Um, he's just washed the disciples' feet. And if you look at the first word, it says, when he was gone, Jesus said. Does anyone know who the he that was gone was? Judas. That's right. Thank you, Faith. Did you pass them all out? You have to pass them all out. You got to get more. We need them all out. Sorry. Yeah. So she's come around. She'll give you another. So this is right after Judas has left the room. Scripture tells us that Jesus knew that he would betray them. And Faith, you can give them to the tech team in the back too if they didn't get any. Um, and he knew that he would betray him. And it says this. It says, when he, Judas, was gone, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the snow and the rain, uh, safety of our homes, the safety of the gymnasium here, that we can gather in your name. And as your word promises, you're here, God, and, and we 
are so grateful that we can meet and be with you. Um, God, I pray for this morning. I pray for the vision that you've given the vessel. I pray for this idea and this calling towards relationship with one another. I just ask, Lord, would you speak this morning powerfully through your word and through this message to give us a clear sense of what that means. That it's not just a a nice thing to say. It's not a slogan. It's not uh, empty words. God, but you called us to love one another. And you called us into relationship with one another. I thank you that as we talk about these things this morning at the vessel, that it reminds me of us. God, it reminds me of who we are. And I'm so grateful for that, Lord. I'm so grateful to be a part of a body that truly loves one another. So we thank you for this, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So we're going to take a look at the introduction of this idea that Jesus uh, introduces in, in John chapter 13 and look in the New Testament where one another is. So we're going to have a little test. And so you've got to be ready with your card. And I'm going to call out your card, and you're going to have to tell me what your card says. So that is our interaction for today. So who has the Jack of Diamonds? Jack of Diamonds. Okay, Faith, read it out. Welcome one another. Romans 15, 7 says that we are to welcome one another. So thank you, Faith. Good job. So Stephen and Melissa, y'all get the gold star for being our greeters this morning and welcoming everyone that came here. So uh, scripture again and again has these little, these little moments where we're reminded how we interact with one another. As Romans 15, 7 said, as Faith just read, we are to welcome one another. And so if, uh, I know that if you're guilty like me, sometimes we come into service and we come, at the, we come after music starts and we want to sit down in our seat and we're introverted. And I'm just kidding. That's not me. I love to be here early and to say good morning to everyone. But I know that we feel that way, but we are to welcome one another. So I love that. Thank you, Faith. Okay, so um, we all understand how interaction is going to be. So know what's on your cards. And so as we look at this scripture, there's some things and some truths here about why this is so important, why this theme of being in relationship with one another is so important. And the first truth is this, is that we need one another. First thing we can see here from Jesus' teaching is that we need one another. As his word says, he says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. And I want you to understand and just think about these disciples and how significant this statement is to these guys. Is that for, their, for the past three years, they've followed Jesus. They've literally left their lives, left their jobs, left their families, laid down nets, and followed him. Every single one of these guys, the Lord called out by name, and he told them, come follow me. For three years, they've done that. They faithfully followed after Jesus Christ. They've lived with him. They've been in communion with him. They've been in communion with one another. They've seen miraculous things happen. They've seen really hard things happen. They've seen people uh, healed. They've seen uh, people raised from the dead. They've seen the eyes of the blind being opened. And now here they are in this last meal, and Jesus tells them this statement, where I am going, you cannot come. So this is the first time they hear that out of the mouth of the Lord, is that you can no longer follow me literally where I'm going. And so he knows this when he tells them. He knows the impact of this statement. He knows what they gave up. He knows the lives that they walked away from. 
He knows that they literally laid down their nets, got out of the boat, and followed him. And now he is going where they cannot go. So he says this, this little word in, in, in the NIV translation that we're reading here. It says, my children. And you may read over that quickly. Probably the ESV, the King James, the NASB um, is a better translation to that. And it says, little children. And it's the only time Jesus ever uses this phrase. And this, this phrase of little children isn't a phrase that, is, um, that, that points to their immaturity or their need to grow up. It is, it is truly a word of endearment. It's a word of endearment, a word of affection. It's almost as if they, as Jesus is saying, my darlings. And I know that's weird. Like you, you, you may call, if you have little kids, darlings. I know Martha and Russ, do y'all say, my darling Jace, it's time to go to church. Maybe not. But it is literally that type of word. It is this little children, precious children, my darlings. I will be with you only a little while longer. It's almost like imagine a father that's on his deathbed that gets the last moments with a son, the last moments with a daughter, the last moments with a child to say, my, my, my child, little child, I can only be here a little while longer. You will look for me. And as I've told the Jews, so I'll tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. And he knows how difficult this is going to be. Not only does he know that and how, how hard that's going to be, he knows the road that's ahead for these guys. He knows that every single one of those guys, minus John, is going to die for their faith. That will give their life and will be martyred for the sake of his kingdom and his glory and his bride and his church. And we gather here now, we gather online and the internet right now, we open this word out of the faith of those guys. On this rock, I will build my church. And because of their faithfulness that we stand here today, that God used them and he knew the suffering that they would endure. He knew the persecution that was coming and the road that lied ahead. He knew that he in the flesh wouldn't be there with them any longer that he's led them enough, and now it was time for them. So he says, little children, my precious children, where I am going, you cannot come. And the truth is, is that we're called to that very same thing. Because we're called to that same thing. And I want you to know, when we think about this idea, is that they needed one another. I want you to know we need one another. Is that we cannot do this alone. We can't follow Jesus alone, that we need one another. And the truth is, is that proximity doesn't count. Proximity is not being together with one another. You can't just be near. You can't just be around. You can't just be in proximity, six foot distance, of course, but within six feet proximity to someone else and say that I'm involved and I love one another, that I love this person. I've been welcomed by this person. And we're guilty of that in the church. We're guilty of thinking that proximity, proximity is good enough, that we can check the box, that I've been there, that I've been around. No, we've got to know one another, to love one another, to accept one another, to forgive one another, to bear one another's burdens, to exhort one another, to encourage one another. It's biblical. And we need each other. And they needed one another. And Jesus knew the road they had ahead. They needed one another. All right, seven of clubs. Who has the seven of clubs? 
No seven of clubs? Oh, Trey. All right, so as I was saying before, all right, Trey, seven of clubs, what's it say? Encourage one another. The jack of spades, what does it say? Encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 11, 5, 11, 1 Thessalonians 4, 18. And that he knew that these guys needed to encourage one another. He knew how hard it would be. And they needed to build one another up. Ten of diamonds. Do not lie to one another. And he knew that they needed to be truthful and honest. He knew that it would take to really hard truth. And then we saw in Acts these guys, and they, they have difficult times. He said, but he reminds them that you do not lie to one another. The three of hearts. Bear one another's burdens. He knew that they can't do it alone, that they would have to bear one another's burdens. Nine of spades. Teach one another. Do you have it too, Trey? Okay, not bad. I might have doubled up. Teach one another. That's right. Jesus, their great teacher and master, that he had done this. He taught them. He knew that he was leaving, and they would have to teach one another. King of hearts. Comfort one another. First Thessalonians 4.18. Comfort one another. So I want you to know, first and foremost, when we say that we're called to inward relationship with one another, we have to hold the gravity of the, the, the fact that we need one another. You cannot do it alone. And we need to bear one another's burdens. We need to teach one another. We need to comfort one another, encourage, not lie to one another. We need all those sort of things. Second thing that we learn here from this commandment that Jesus gives these disciples to love one another is this, is the truth is, is that it's a commandment. This is a command. Scripture says a new command, which is the same word as commandment. Anytime in the, in the New Testament when Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees over what's the greatest commandment, same word, right? Every, it's the exact same word as when they talk about the Ten Commandments. It says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So this past weekend, or this kind of coming into this weekend, we had the opportunity, we went, um, we went hunting on a hunting trip. My stepdad has a place that we can go down in Laredo, and so... Um, yeah, we took the family down there. We went hunting. We did some deer hunting. We did some bird hunting. And I have a bird dog. I mean, she's a Brittany Spaniel. She is a bird dog by, um, by breed, not so much by behavior. And so I was out there, and we're, we're hunting, and I'm trying to teach. Like, the kids had this little 410 shotgun, and they shot some quail. And if you know anything about quail, quail will cover up, and they'll flush. And Polly, my dog, she's a bird dog. And so it's in her nature to want to get those birds. It's in her drive. But she has to stay back because she'll flush the birds and we can't shoot. Or my kid will shoot her with a 410 shotgun. And so I'm like, Polly, get back here. No, stay. Heal. And she's trying her best to behave, but she just can't. And I'm giving her commandments. I'm commanding her to stay. I'm commanding her to heal. I'm commanding her to wait. And it's not because... She, she, her drive after those birds is so strong. I'm not limiting. I'm not trying to keep, those, keep her away from those birds, what she wants. I'm trying to help her get what she's designed to get is what, what's, in her, what's in her psyche and how, what she's created to do. Because if she goes ahead, she's gonna flush the birds and they're gonna fly and we won't shoot them. 
or my kid is going to shoot her, and then she's not going to get any birds, right? But this new idea, and this idea is a commandment. And the truth is, is that you cannot follow Jesus alone. You cannot do it. It's not to be done on your own. It's a commandment. This word, entole, is the word for commandment. It's a prescribed, it's defined as a prescribed rule or a commandment. That this is Mosaic law, Jewish tradition. The same word is like the, the great commandment. And I want you to understand that this command that we get from the Lord to give yourself grace, because it is hard. And it's hard if you're doing it right. And if you're not, if it's easy, then I'm telling you, you're not doing it right. Because anyone knows if we're to love one another, it's hard work. Because we are hard people to love. Not me. The eight of hearts. What? Forgive. To forgive one another. That's hard. Ephesians 4, 2, to forgive one another. That is a hard thing to do. But we are commanded to do that. To forgive one another of our transgressions, of their transgressions against us. The three of diamonds. Look to the interest of one another to consider others better than ourselves. That's hard to do. It's hard to put others before you. Look to the interests of one another. Philippians 2, 4. The eight of diamonds. Submit to one another. We are in 2021 American, you know, culture and society. Submit is a bad word. We're not to submit to anyone. But man, Jesus calls us to do it. To submit our lives and to submit ourselves to one another. That's hard to do. 1 Peter 5, 5. Submit to one another. The six of hearts. Be patient with one another. Is there anything more hard than being patient with one another? Right? It's so hard. That's Ephesians 4, 2 with the six of hearts. What about the two of spades? Oh, she got them both. Melissa got both of them. They both say submit or be patient with one another. This Ephesians 4, 2, Colossians 3, 13. That's how important it is, is that they, the, the Lord needs to say it twice. I want you to know that's hard to do. It's hard to be patient with people. We want them to change. We want them to move. We want them to not do whatever they're doing that we don't like. But we are called to be patient with one another. The eight of clubs, Romans 15, eight, or no, 15, seven. Accept one another. With all our baggage, all our junk, all our stuff, to accept one another. Now I want you to know these are not options. These aren't good ideas. This isn't something that the Lord said, maybe you should try this. These are commandments that we are commanded to do. I'm gonna, um, I, I wanna, I'll share a story with you guys, but it, I'm gonna give myself a compliment, which I'm really good at being self-deprecating, but I am gonna share something that I take great pride in that someone has said to me recently. And it doesn't always, it didn't, maybe not sound like a compliment, but I took it as the ultimate compliment. They said, as we were talking, they said, you know what I, I love about you, Jake, as a pastor? said, man, you're just, like, you're just a normal guy. Like, <laughs> you're just a regular old, you're just a normal guy. Like, it's not, you're not some big, fancy, like, oh, unattainable. Like, I can't, not that, and it, it was an ultimate comment, and I received it that way. Is I thought, man, that I, that I could not receive a greater compliment than that. 
Like, man, you're just, you're just the same. Like, there's no difference. You're just a normal person. And I want you to know that when I went into ministry, I was told multiple times, you can't be friends with the church that you pastor. You can't be yourself. You can't let your guard down. That they're gonna reject you, that they're not gonna forgive you, that they're not gonna bear your burdens. That you can't do that. Being a pastor is the loneliest job and you don't know anyone. And I've never been to seminary, but where does it say that? Where, I, I don't, I, I don't, I've not been to seminary like those guys. Where does it say that? That's crazy. Read the Bible. We can be ourselves. We're accepted. We're forgiven. People are patient with me. Evidently, Melissa is double patient with me. And I want you to know I need that. I need to be loved. I need to be loved. I need to be accepted for who I am. I need you to be patient with me. I need you to bear my burdens. I need encouragement. I need exhortation. I need to be loved. And it's a commandment, so you have to. So I just want you to know you have to love me. The Lord says so. The truth is we all need it. And we're all unlovable. There's something about us that is unlovable, that's unacceptable, unforgivable. But man, but that's what Jesus calls us to. He says, you are to love one another as I have loved you. And just like the Lord accepts us with all of our faults, we're to accept with one another. Just like the Lord encourages us in our really darkest, hardest times, we're to encourage one another. Just like the Lord forgives the greatest transgressions, the greatest sin, as far as the east is from the west, that we're to forgive one another. Just as the Lord gave his life sacrificially, that level of love is what we're called to. That's my favorite thing about church. That's my favorite thing about this, is that I can be me, and I'm loved, and I'm encouraged, and I'm sharpened, and I'm challenged. That I don't have to be someone on Sunday and someone else Monday through Saturday. Man, is that, I just, like the reality of that is so significant. And the last thing that we learned from this is that, first of all, that we need one another. Second of all, it's a commandment, so you have to love me. And third is this that we learned from here. It's what we're known for. How we love one another, it's what we're known for as Christ followers. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. When it says everyone, who is everyone? Everyone. Everyone. Not just these in this room. Everyone that you run across. It's what, you're, it's what we as Christ followers are to be known for. It's how the world is to know us. Just like Austin is known for live music. Round Rock is known for donuts. Aggies are known for always being little brother and never quite getting in. Right, Trevor? <laughs> but as Christians, it's what we're known for. Not by our affiliation with the church, not by the Christian fish that's on our car or what we listen to or, or anything. It's how we love each other. And that's really hard right now because if, if I'm looking out at the world and I'm looking out at the, the, 
American Christians, I would go as far as to say that's not what Christians are known for. They're not known for how they love one another. They're known for a lot of different things. And the truth is this, is that we as Christ followers are to care more about the kingdom than our country. Man, if the, if the Lord hasn't put that right in front of our face in the past 12 months and, and face that with us, is what do you care more about? Is that people, when they look at your life, do they think, what are you passionate about? What do you get fired up for? What are you unwilling to move off of? Is it the kingdom or is it some person that you vote for? Some party that you affiliate with? And I'm not saying, man, literally, thank God I live in the United States of America. What a great country that I live in. But that's not what I'm to be known for. I'd be known for the kingdom. And man, like I went hunting and, and you know, like the hunters have this whole community of man, they don't mind waking up at 5 a.m. and the night before they lay out their gun and they get ready and they get all their stuff and they think about, they take pictures of the deer that they want to shoot and all this sort of thing. And they wake up at 5 a.m. The alarm didn't have to go off. They're ready. They're excited. They go and they sit in the blind and they wait and they're anxious. Man, what if we walked into church that way? Right? What, what if we came in on Sunday morning with that anticipation? I mean, imagine laying your Bible out the night before. I can't wait. I can't wait to be with one another and to be with the Lord. Like, that's what it should look like. That's what we should be passionate about. Would you, would it, was it, would a hunter, I'm not a hunter. I mean, I like to hunt, but come on. Russ Robinson's a hunter, I'm not. Would a deer hunter get to the blind after the feeder's gone off? No. You're gonna scare the deer away. Don't worry, you can't scare the Holy Spirit away in here, even if you show up late. But you know what I mean? Like, we don't come and we're not ready. But we're, we're known for how we love. And I want you to ask yourself, what does the world see when it looks at the church? When it looks at the body of Christ, what does the world see? Does it, and I'm asking you genuinely, does it see a group of people that love one another? The five of spades. live in harmony with one another? Does it see a group of people that live in harmony with one another, as Romans 12, 6 says? The ace of diamonds, kind and compassionate. Does it see kindness and compassion for one another? Ephesians 4, 32. The ace of spades, consider. Does it see people that consider one another? Philippians 2, 3. Ace of hearts. Speak the truth in love. Does it see a group of people that speak the truth in love to one another? Ephesians 4.15. The ten of hearts. Does it see a group of people that confess their faults to one another? That say, I'm sorry. That consider each other. That live in harmony. That speak the truth in love. We've already said it. It's hard to do, but it's what we are to be known for. I'm gonna give my second uh, compliment of the morning to myself. So I had another person that we had our men's retreat that Trevor and Paul put together. That was awesome. If you missed out, you missed out. Um, yeah, yeah, you, we're doing it again, but you should come. 
Uh, we had our men's retreat, and as we were opening up the night, it was a really powerful night, and the Lord moved in significant ways. And as we started, we kind of just started off by, what are we praying for this weekend? What are we praying for one another? And kind of everyone shared, and then I, I, I prayed for everyone. And it wasn't some powerful, fancy prayer that was, you know, like some sort of, you know, amazing, like, wow, you're so eloquent. Thou Lord, how thou, you know, and nothing like that. I just prayed for people. And so someone that, that was there uh, and, and, and kind of knew, they said, you know what? They said, I've seen, I've, I've been around ministry a lot, and I've seen pastors a lot. He said, man, when you prayed for people, he said, that was the most pastoral, man, that was the most power, one of the most powerful things I've seen you or seen a pastor do. And that was so encouraging to me. And it wasn't the words I said. It wasn't how I prayed. It was because I knew the people because I could go from person to person around that circle, every man, and I knew them. I knew who they are. I knew their name. I knew what they've gone through. I knew their families. I can see Johnny Kalina, and I can say, Johnny, how are the girls? Not because I don't remember Megan, Madison, Lauren, Caitlin, because I've known them since they're in elementary school, but I know them. I know what they're going through. That's what we're called to do. And I don't care if that means that we don't have more than 45 people in a room because we love one another well and we know one another. And that I'm good with that if that's what the Lord wants. But we're never to move off that. So I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back up here and they're gonna close us out. But I want you to think when you look at that vision that we're called to an inward relationship with one another, that understand the weight of what that says and why that's significant. Not because I said so, because Jesus said so. We're gonna close with these cards. Jesus says, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Read them loud and proud. Eight of spades. Oh, y'all might have cards. Eight of spades. Have love for one another. That's John 13, 35 in our very scripture. The Ten of Clubs. Love one another. 1 John 3, 11. The Queen of Spades. Love one another. John 15, 12. The Three of Spades. Romans 12, 10. Love one another. The King of Diamonds. 1 John 4, 11, love one another. Nine of clubs, love one another. John 15, 17, love one another. The seven of spades, love one another. 1 John 4, 12. The five of clubs, what is it? Love one another. 1 John 4, 7. The four of diamonds, Love one another. That's our verse this morning. John 13, 34. Ten of spades. First Peter 1, 22. Love one another. The four of spades. Keep loving one another. I want you to know I love you. I love you. And that's what we're called to do. Let's stand. I'm going to open us in prayer. And man, let's worship. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home. 
through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.